Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. And on today's episode, Rob Sanderson from The Swell comes back and we had a great conversation, had a good time. So, yeah, check out uh, his organization, theswell.org. Um, check him out on Instagram, all those places. We'll leave some links. Um, great, great organization, great mission. So, like I said, we had a great time shooting this episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Don't forget, like and subscribe. Uh, hit the notification bell, all that good stuff. And uh, here you go, the Washdown Podcast with special guest Rob Sanderson. All right, well, we'll just... We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, we'll make it work. Is your phone on silent? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of us were ready to start the podcast. I'm, I'm ready. I'm sorry. That was Jen was sending me a picture of her surfboard that she just bought. Nice. Well, why don't we just get into it? Rob, thanks for coming back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is number four. Yeah, California, yeah. California number four. Yeah. Damn. The most most prolific guest that we've had. I feel like after five, I need like a smoking jacket like they have on SNL. Absolutely. With a five-timers club. Absolutely. <laughs> we're we're going to make that happen. All right. You can go to Goodwill and get a, <laughs> get a patch. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I'll wear it. I'll wear it to work. <laughs> I'm sure we could find one just laying somewhere. They've got to have a smoking jacket at one of the thousand thrift stores up and down North. Hey, you know, at, uh, at my station, there was someone who threw away like four complete suits, just threw them in the dumpster. Oh, I guess they decided their firefighting was for them. Yeah. (laughs) Not going to need those. Yeah. I think it was just a citizen. Oh, those aren't bad. You can get one for like 60 bucks on Amazon. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's velvet. <laughs> I, got, I got twenty on it. <laughs> Fantastic! I'm gonna get on Amazon right now and take a look. So, what's new with Swell? So we are hot and heavy into the season. Um, we just got back with a group from the Kansas City, Kansas Police Athletic League. Move that a little closer to your face. How's that? Is that better? Yeah, well, you want to stay in right at the edge of the red there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was all red. That's fine. All right. So as I was saying, yeah. <laughs> we just we just got back from our first uh, pal trip with the kiddos from the Kansas City, Kansas pal, um, and that generally they have about three or four swim lessons prior to. Then we bring a boys group out. Um, that went really well. Everybody came home, um, <laughs> so that's good. And uh, we're gearing up. Last night was our first swim lesson for the girls group. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, so. yeah. So. so a little different swimming there, pool and ocean. E- yeah, <laughs> yeah. The idea is to get them a little bit more comfortable in the water. And, you know, some of them, you know, when we start, never even put their head underwater before. So uh, it's a cool thing. The U.S. Coast Guard takes them out and on one of their cutters, gives them like a tour base, uh, base tour. How about that? And, uh, yeah, they have a good time. And then prior to that, we did, uh, um, veterans with their service dogs. Yeah. I did see that yeah, too. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. One of the service dogs actually adopted me. So I guess he figured that I needed more <laughs> help than the veteran, which may not be wrong. So did yeah. the, uh, the service dogs get on the surfboards too, or they like- did not, they did get in the water a little bit, but, um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't tempt that cause they're pretty expensive dogs uh, as you can imagine. So yeah. yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, 
doing yoga with the dogs out in the backyard was a little bit challenging because Michelle <laughs> came out and did her thing, but it was, it was pretty funny. That I, I don't know. I would think service dogs though would be like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like I thought so. Well, I mean, so they're dogs, right? But yeah. They train them at least this group. It was uh canines for warriors is where they, they all came from. But, um, this group, it's like when they're wearing their vest, mm-hmm. their harness, uh, they know they're working. So it's like they're in that mindset. And as soon as they take them off, they're dogs. And so they're running around. You can pet them. They're having fun. There was one female. The poor thing was sitting in a corner the whole time because the boys were after her. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Yeah, it was pretty cool. There was one dog, Link, the, um, kind of the grayish, looked like a, like a bulldog mix. And he, at all times, 100%, would not take his eyes off of his uh, handler the whole time. Like, didn't didn't care about anybody else. It wasn't mean. You could pet him as he walked by, but he had no interest in anything else other than his dude. And they, they have a really cool story, too. Um, Bill and, and Link. Link's the dog. Bill's the guy. Um, <laughs> well, I was so hoping it was the other way. Yeah. 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 yeah they, they have a really cool story. And I'll, I'll tell it briefly, paraphrase it, just because, you know, he's he's been public with a story. Um, but few years ago that he got to the point to where he kind of had enough and drove out to the mountains into the woods and uh, he lives up in the northeast and uh, with the intention of just ending it all and for whatever reason after a couple of days in the woods he came out and um, then linked up with Canines Warriors and his dog they found him running around the mountains like just famished and like on death's doorstep so it's kind of a cool thing they have a really strong bond because they had a very similar kind of near-death experience um but yeah they're they're a great great pair that's uh that's pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah that's pretty awesome yeah and i like that i mean that's kind of my uh my thought whenever i think about service dogs and stuff of that's kind of i know if i had one that's what i would want yeah is yeah Look at me all the time. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that's your job. <laughs> yeah. And and they do they do that, especially when they have the vest on. But then like Doc was the one that kind of adopted me and I mean he was in my lap. I was trying to play cards against humanity and he's like <laughs> sleeping and I'm dealing cards and then you know, the next thing I know I'm sitting on the couch and he's just head on the shoulder. I don't know. So like the human version <laughs> of Leon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very much so. He was a little bit bigger than Leon though. <laughs> We just had him back on the show a couple weeks ago. His oh, yeah. episode will air um, a couple weeks. Good. Mid-July. So. Yeah. Good to hear that he's doing well and expecting a baby. And Yeah. Oh, good. He, he announced that. I, was gonna, yeah. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to announce that or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he announced it. This will air after that anyway. But Okay. Yeah. Good. So it'll yeah. be. You mean this isn't live? No, it's not live. We don't do that anymore? We don't. No. <laughs> God, man. You bringing up some some hurtful memories man i'm sorry (laughs) i don't understand like i don't understand how we can't get that to work like i had to do a i did a video today this morning um for the patrick rudd project which is a nonprofit in kentucky and they're having travis housey speak and i've been in communication with them um just because they were picking my brain about some stuff and they're like, hey, would you do this advertisement on your Instagram and, you know, post it and all that stuff? Sure, no problem. You know, I've heard him speak before. He's fantastic. So whatever support I can give is fine. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I'll just do an Instagram live and, you know, do it that way. And then I was like, you know what? Every time that I try to do something live on <laughs> any platform, 
I fuck it up terribly. So I'm just going to record it, <laughs> which is what I did. There you go. Smart move. Oh. What? Nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you want to take over the social media, you can do that. Pass. Hard pass. Solid pass. What, what did we talk about with body language? Hmm. I don't remember. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fucking kill me, bro. Kill me. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, what's the latest on the England trip? Are Are you hosting this year? Yeah, or? so <clears throat> that's the October date I was telling you about. So okay. that that's the plan. Um, so our boys over at Surfwell, they originally were part of the police department, um, and they had sponsored sponsored. They they had ten hour ten officers just dedicated to their surfing program. And since, oh, I don't know, the last few months, they've kind of been in talks and they've kind of separated from the police department. Uh, and they're creating a non, non-for-profit, is what they call it, non-profit over with Surfwell. Um, and then the police department's going to, I believe, fund to have their people kind of go through it. So, um, yeah, they've been in some transition, but it seems as if October might be the date for them to come over. Okay. Um, yeah, hopefully that'll happen. Those guys are fun. So yeah. I think they're going to bring six. Cool. Should be good. Yeah. Back to California again. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all the gear's at. So cool. That's a long flight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We went over. It really wasn't terrible. I think it was only like we flew to Chicago, maybe. And then it's only like eight and a half hours. And they feed you like five times on British Airways. I don't, they like wake you up to eat. It's like, lady, it's 2 a.m. <laughs> You're not trying <laughs> to just, sleep here. I mean, you got to have your very toast, yeah. man. Very different from the airline I flew to Ireland. Both yeah. times. And it's like it was, all the alcohol you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh you know, they gave us um yeah, plenty of plenty of alcohol and then they would like wake you up to feed you. So the the hardest part about that flight was trying not to make a boom boom on the airplane, just waiting till you get off. Yeah. 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 That's uh that doesn't bother me. I there's no way. Doesn't I bother me at all. I couldn't do it. <laughs> if I gotta go, I gotta go. It's hard enough just to pee. On an airplane. At least you're sitting down the other way. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But yeah. if you can prevent it, I... yeah. Depends on what you feed me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. And it was during COVID, too. So it was like you had an entire row to yourself. It was great. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Stretch out. Yeah. Reggie's in the Philippines right now. That's a flight right there. Was it like sixteen hours or I something don't even like that? Know. Yeah, I don't even. I'd know. go ahead and pay for first class on that one. Yeah, I don't think they. I, I don't know what he did. Probably not. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was. I was looking forward to meeting him in California and just. That's he had, right. He, he wasn't had there. COVID. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yep. Next time. Found out the day that we got there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we had the what was it the wetsuit issue, <laughs> or was it the surfboard issue? I, I, I don't know, man. There's been so many. <laughs> it, every trip, there's something like the the second trip we went out with Pal, like the first surfing day, I stomped a stingray and then had to go soak my foot and take the antibiotics and all that. Uh, that hurt. And then the very next day, I got a leash wrapped around my calf when I was pushing a girl in, and she went 
and I stopped her mid wave and it was probably like a four and a half foot wave, Ooh. but it just wrapped around my calf and it tore my calf. So I was, <sighs> I was limping. Uh, yeah. So it, if I don't get injured, that's a good, good time. I think that same trip, I also like dropped one of the stakes for the swell flags into my surfboard and dinged it 200 bucks later, got it fixed. So yeah, you, I don't know. It, I don't know. Man. That was just that one trip. It was terrible. So <laughs> when you talk about like a wetsuit debacle or that's just, the, I mean, it's always something. Yeah. Or luggage getting put on a different flight or. Did that happen to us? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's normal airline stuff though. Yeah. Yeah. You can't count that. At least we made it there and back. So. Yeah. That was, it was a great time. I definitely. Yeah. We be... were in Newport, right? That yeah. We stayed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The house was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Food was okay. Yeah. <laughs> just okay. eating some just really okay. hot chili. Yeah. <laughs> we made the firefighters cook the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason they allowed me and Joey to go is yeah. they needed a cook. You guys nailed the tri-tip, though. <laughs> Didn't we have tri-tip? Yeah. Yeah. That was, you guys nailed that for no, sure. No moose? No elk? No. Oh, lucky you. No. Is that, what, is that what you're feeding people around here? <laughs> He's talking about one time, fucking 15. Two times. 15 years ago. Two times. Somebody doesn't know how to eat elk. Somebody know how to cook elk. Oh. So here's the deal with elk. Just so you know, it has to be pretty much rare. If you cook it to where it's done, tough. it's boot leather. Okay. And some people like to put ketchup on their steak, and uh, they're that type of people. No. No, we're not. I don't put ketchup <laughs> on my steak. Let's be very clear about this. <laughs> but I'm not eating raw. Wasn't raw. Like it was, it wasn't even somewhat cooked on the outside. Oh, okay. It was raw. It was, it was done. <laughs> it was, it done. was raw. Did you put a thermometer in it? No. no. Okay. You don't cook. Who cooks with a thermometer? Really? I do when I smoke meat. No. Low and slow. Yeah. Yep. You got it's time. You got no. You get no. It's not. Well, when you smoke stuff, it will stall. All right. I just joined Team Nelson here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Get out, both of you. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got you got to check your temperatures on when you smoke meat. Do you not have a smoker? Yeah, I got a smoker. Okay, I use it all the time. Rachel uses it. When you no. say you use it, is Rachel? I use it. She's right. not allowed to touch it. <laughs> Doesn't sound like you should be allowed to touch it. <laughs> you have a Traeger or something? Mm-hmm. Oh well, there you go. Do this, set it, and forget it. Unless you're doing ribs, and then you're out there every. You know, three hours, two yeah. hours, and then one hour. Yeah, well, Traeger's basically automatic. It doesn't even really count. You got to get one of those where you got to work the dampers and put the coals in. And oh, okay. Fry a add, few like, briskets a, on accident. Uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, that, that's an expensive mistake there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do it's that an $80 once. piece of meat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've done it. I mean, you guys are buying small briskets. Yeah, no. I just do big one. I do ribs. Yeah. And yeah, you don't don't, need to check temp on that. Yeah. You don't need to check a temp on that. So, like, if I ever do a pork butt or something like that, maybe. Yeah. I would use the thermometer, but it's hard to mess up a pork butt. Like, my thermometer, the thermometer that I have is off by like 15 degrees. (laughs) So, you got to do some math. (laughs) Yeah. So, I look at it, I'm like, all right, if I'm here, okay. (laughs) But then I always double check it with two o'clock in Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. I start doing math. I'm like, long division and. What do they call it? Abacus? The, yep. Yeah. Yep, the old abacus. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. 
Oh, I wonder if anybody uses those anymore. I don't know. I think I see them in like the dentist's office for kids. Or no, those are just the little slide toys. Yeah. <laughs> same concept. It's the same thing. I don't know. Same They're concept. They're just a more interesting abacus when I look at it. I don't know. No, I don't see them anymore. Just a museum. Yeah. Although CD players and Walkmans are in museums now too, so. No, don't say that. Flip phones. Yeah. Like the old Razor phone that we all had. Yeah, it's I think movie. it was awesome. Yeah, it was the best phone I ever had. Yeah. Music, and they would last museum. for like, I don't know, five yeah. years if you could keep the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you didn't break the where it flipped. Yeah. We charged the battery once and it lasted for three days. Yeah. Not, Dude, not yeah I love my flip phone. I miss my flip phone. I think they've they got this thing called a jitterbug with the numbers are big so you can read them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still make that or not. I'm pretty I'm sure, sure they, they do. do. Yeah. They got ordered online. Maybe we can get them to I sponsor the podcast. You get it at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Walmart. I'll order it online. <laughs> I know you're making jokes about us being old, but you're older than both of us. No, I know. I said maybe we can get them. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay. I'm joking with you, not at, at you. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm the youngest one here, so you guys are ancient. How old is you? <laughs> you knew what an abacus was so yeah. you can't be that well, young just because I'm young doesn't mean I'm not smart <laughs> uh, I'll be 41 year in less than a month oh. yeah. yeah I'm not that much younger yeah I still have my real hips so that's how old I am I still have my real hips <laughs> <laughs> they just need a tune up <laughs> everything's still natural <laughs> you got you got extra parts? Nope, no extra parts. They didn't put any pins or screws in. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's all sutures that were that cut. dissolved. Mm-hmm. I got extra pieces from your fighting days. Oh no, from high school basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I wish it was. No, I don't wish it was from fighting days. That those days were hard. <laughs> There's a reason I don't do that anymore. Yeah. That shit hurts. Yeah. Mm. Although I have been contemplating going back and doing jujitsu just because I would like to get my black belt. And What about guns and hoses? You ever thought about competing in that? I did think about it. I actually signed up for it um, back whenever I was fighting, and it's so poorly run. I didn't get the email for the fighters meeting until like a day before the actual event. The fighters meeting was like a month before. Jeez. Yeah. So it, it may be different people that are running it now, yeah, and it might have been just a one-off, but yeah. They, they put on a good show. It's pretty cool to watch, but yeah, the I signed up for it, um, and it was kind of during COVID, so they weren't really sure, so the, it wasn't, um, there wasn't a ton of communication that kept kind of like pushing the dates and stuff, and I was training. I trained for almost a year, and then I got my back injury, and- that was it. So, yeah. 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 My thing is, because it's just boxing. Yeah. And. Well, you could do other stuff in there. You just might get disqualified. Exactly. <laughs> and that's probably what would happen, because it would, I'd probably throw a leg kick or a head <laughs> kick or something like that. and Not intentionally, like, yeah. but that's, I never did straight up boxing. Yeah. Like, it was always <clears throat> Muay Thai. Yeah. Always. So, yeah, it's just a natural progression of one, two, Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember training in this gym in 
was it Mer- no i think it was kck and um they had this kid in there and thank god he was a nice kid because i only knew he was throwing a punch because my head would snap back like that's how <laughs> quick he was i was uh, he was probably like 18 or 19 i was like Phew. yeah I hope they put me in for somebody my own age one day and then yeah at one point i had to spar with uh, a lady and she kicked my ass too it's <laughs> like Luckily, I hurt my back, so I didn't have to continue with this. Oh my god! But just the shape you get into from fighting, just I mean, oh yeah, tremendous. I mean, something about like being in the ring, even if it's just a minute, but let alone like three minutes, like phew, yeah, it's a lot. I was whenever I was fighting, I walked around at seven percent body fat or less. Yeah. So I mean, I was in fantastic shape. Yeah. But I was also training every day mm-hmm. for multiple hours, usually twice a day. So, yeah, it was, you're, you get in shape or you die. That's, I think those are the two <laughs> options. I don't know how healthy 7% is. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty low. Yeah. And he was cranky all the time. Yeah. Eating his boiled chicken and broccoli. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that was Well, it. I had to, so I couldn't to make, cause I fought at 155. What? Yeah. What do you walk around now? Like 210? No, I'm 205, 202. So, and I've gained, I usually walk around about 190-ish, yeah. um, but I gained like 15 pounds over the winter, so. Um, it's bulking season, man. Yeah. Yeah. No. Got to get fluffy. I'm, I'm not all about that. Um, so, but to make 155, I needed to stay 170 or lighter to be able to make the weight cut. And yeah, so I had to stay on a pretty clean diet and. It just is what was what it was. Yeah. So that doesn't and, sound fun at all. You no. know, it was I was passionate about it. It was something that I needed to do for myself. Um I did what I needed to do with it and then moved on from it. So yeah. I knew where the limits of my talent were. <laughs> That's good. And yeah. uh well, because if you don't know that then somebody's gonna show you. Yeah. And I'm assuming that was probably part of the lesson there as well. Well, so I, I had the fortune, misfortune, whatever you want to call it. I trained with some people who fought in the UFC, who fought like big promotions. Yeah. And I was able to do fairly well and, you know, hold my own against them in training or whatever. But I also knew that I had started 10 years too late. And these guys were all yeah. either my age or younger than me. Yeah. And I was way behind them. And I was just, it didn't matter. Even as much as I was training, I was never going to catch up. So the idea of going pro and then, you know, trying to do something with it. And I got to see how, even though they were professionals and they were fighting for big promotions, they were still working odd jobs. And, you know, like the money wasn't there unless you're the top half a percent of fighters. And that's what people don't realize. They think, oh, you're, you know, you're in the UFC, you got these flashy cars and this and that. No, like these four dudes do, but these other 200 fighters, you know, they might make $15,000 a year fighting and then subtract all of the stuff that they got to pay for. Yeah. I mean. Eh. You made a solid choice. Yeah, Yeah. I I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of fighting, I heard uh, Elon Musk and uh, Mark Zuckerberg are going to fight. Is that true, or is that just a hoax? Um, I've, I don't know, but I really hope that happens. <laughs> I have heard it's going to be a, a jiu-jitsu match. Okay. And I don't know if it's real or if 
because I heard Elon Musk, supposedly Elon Musk said that he wanted to do a jujitsu match against him. Okay. So I don't know if like that's in the works or if it's just it's all video talking shit. Zuckerberg like throwing like punches and I was like, I very much like didn't think that that was going to come out of that man. Like, <laughs> um, I, I can throw yeah, hands. Yeah. I watched his first jujitsu match and I mean, you know, he's passionate about it. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So I got a question for you. Sure. Would you rather fight naked or fight a naked man? I'd rather do neither. No, that's not the question. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would rather fight a naked man. Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, you think about it though, if you're losing and you're naked, you can run faster. So there's that. But my feet are tender. (laughs) So do, do I have shoes on or am I completely naked? I mean, I'd say in this scenario, you got four-wheel drive Crocs on. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So that, it's like that, half naked. That changes the uh, <laughs> changes the dynamic. I don't know if you're naked. There's nothing for them to really grab onto. Oh, there's one thing. Yeah. How <laughs> what, if it's, what if it's 30 degrees out, though? Then well, you're all right. Yeah, then you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've only cut, fought cut naked men, nipples. so I don't know. I've, I've never actually fought yeah. myself being naked, but I have fought a few naked men. Yeah. And I, I preferred being clothed. Yes. Yeah. I, it's not, not great because, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just something that's been weighing on my mind. I'd figure I'd throw it sure, on Sure, sure. I, I feel like you've asked me that question before. <laughs> Probably. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's new with you, man? Do you still doing the, the same job? Yeah, still you... over, still over Gladstone. Um, in the middle of a reconstruction or remodel project with the PD and they're adding on. So that's a big mess. So it's been busy. It's good making progress. Hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be having this thing wrapped up. Um, dispatch is going great. I know there's huge dispatcher shortage kind of throughout. Well, it's all over the whole country. Yeah. We're fully staffed and that's a rarity. Yeah. Um, I, I like to take partial credit for that, but I just really got some, I got some good people. And then if somebody leaves, they're recruiting other people to come over. got a huge backing from city manager to make sure that we're paying them, you know, equitably. And, um, yeah, I said something the other day, a thought occurred to me because <clears throat> I remember when I first took over dispatch, one of my responsibilities, a lot of people would warn me about pitfalls or this person look out for this. And it's like, I'm going to kind of go in there with like a clear mind and, and something that I tried to guide the last almost two years was rather than looking for problems with your people, look for problems to solve for them. And that seemed to help. It's not going to win everybody over, but a lot of times like poor performance has to do with, you know, something impeding them or something bothering them or something that's weighing on to where they either don't care or they're not properly doing their job because of X. And so, getting those low hanging fruit, the little problems out of the way and, and making it a better environment for them has been, um, it's been working so far. I don't know. Yeah. I could have jinxed it. We, a couple of them could have walked out the door while I'm in here. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, but, that's leadership one-on-one is you set your people up for success, give them the tools they need to be successful. And then yeah. most of the time they're going to be successful. But like you said, not everybody, but I think yeah. a majority. And hold them accountable too. Cause, um, you know, not to speak ill of whoever was managing it prior, but I, <clears throat> there wasn't a ton of like oversight. And so when you 
hold them accountable to the standard you set means that that is the standard and that you're paying attention and they they want to do a good job if they know you're paying attention yeah. so so that kind of leads me to a question and a thought what do you think your opinion on fire departments and police departments across the nation having trouble finding recruits and being short staffed over the past few years like what's the what's the cause is it just a generational thing is it a pay thing is it oh gosh i think it's a combination of all those things i mean um i think a lot of it is generational thing because we'll we'll what i've seen is we'll go grab you know recruits that are this generation that are coming up into being adults and we'll treat them like we treat like we were treated 20 years ago and that doesn't work um and then the incentives are different you know when i got into law enforcement i wanted you know a livable wage i didn't need a ton of money but i wanted security and i wanted um you know to go out and do fun stuff it seems nowadays they're wanting a little bit more financially uh, because you know it's it's changed things are a lot more expensive now um, but they're also wanting to be engaged in a different way. And I think learning how to do that, um, and they're more, con- seem to be a lot more concerned about individual attention than they are like just patting themselves on the back. They want to know that they're being recognized for, for doing a good job. So, um, recruitment, I, I don't know, we might be work- looking in the wrong places. I'm not sure. I've been really fortunate to get a lot of laterals and that's easy when they haven't been treated very well and then you treat them well that's that's easy retention there um so yeah i think some agencies they're just not looking at it right and then one of the things that um, we did when i came over with the new um, command staff is uh, we took that hiring process from hr and we took it on obviously they had a say in it and they were kept kind of up to date on what we were doing but i mean it shouldn't take six months to get hired like it just shouldn't yeah we're hiring people in three weeks but we're doing everything the same way but we're making sure we're setting streamlining it yeah. and no, i mean i'll take government right there for you it is and and we we had some impediments some of those have since uh left the hiring process but there are people that it took them six months to get a job and it's like they're starving for people, but it's taking you this long to the mm-hmm. process an application, get them in an interview them, test them. And so now uh, when we are hiring, I got it set up to where anytime somebody starts an application, it pings my phone. And if I look and they've got experience and they're looking promising, I'll text them right away. Hey, this is Robin, the hiring manager. You know, let encourage you to continue that. Can we, can we meet? And I'll sit down and meet with them before they're even done with the application and just try to um, it's, it's not like it used to be to where you can sit on a pile of applications, wait till we have 15, till we host a week of interviews. It's like when you got a decent one, like jump on it and then make them feel like they're important because they are, they are going to be a part of the team. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. Just the processes and the, the way we're going at people. Um, I think size of city has something to do with it too. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's what e- I was easier when you're a smaller city. Oh, a hundred percent. And then a larger city. Yeah. But then I, you know, when you talk about the people wanting to be recognized individually, I mean, that's bred from growing up and playing sports and in the classroom. I mean, there's no I in team, and yeah. we're a team. Yeah. Sorry. 
I mean, if we, yeah, you might have done something great, but we did it as a crew. I, I think that's different once you get somebody on the team versus. Um, I, I think there's a way to way to do that. Yeah, there still needs to be some some rules set, like, hey, you're the new guy, you're scrubbing the toilets, buddy, and then uh, at the same time engage as an individual, and not necessarily the, um, you know, the person to the left or right, but the, you know, the shift commander, the captain, or whatever, to be able to take just a second to recognize or not even recognize, but know something about that person. Because um, I'm sure you guys have worked for commanders that don't even know you're married or if you got kids or mm-hmm. what your hobby is. But if you have one of these new kids, you know, like, I don't know, play golf, you be like, hey, man, what'd you shoot the other day? Or whatever. Did you play? Just two seconds of engagement is really all it takes. I, I do agree with that part. Yeah. Well, you got to know your people. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I I go back and forth on that the, because, you know, that recognizing the individual or the crew, you know, that does something extraordinary or outstanding, you know, I think there needs to be that. But also, like, it has to be, like, you need to do something extraordinary or outstanding, not just your job. Yeah. Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah, because then you're just breeding problems. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that goes back to that whole everybody gets a trophy thing. And... It's like no, you. If you want this award, you need to be exceptional. So, yeah, and that also comes with who's who's the one putting the awards together and who's deciding on getting what. Because I know we've all been to the <laughs> department wide <laughs> award ceremony, and the biggest yeah. lazy slouch is getting the you know firefighter of the year because the cops aren't lazy. Um, <laughs> you know, and you're everybody. It's funny you say like, that because they're not doing proactive policing anymore. <laughs> There's a reason behind that, too. We'll get into it. But, yeah, all jokes aside, it's like as soon as you give, you know, so-and-so the award for being the outstanding guy and everybody knows he sucks, that just immediately erases any sort of legitimacy. I guess when I say recognition, I mean more one-on-one engagement, not over the top, but to be able to engage. Because before, like, when when I first started, you know, if it was a captain or above, they didn't care who you are. Just get out of their way. They didn't want anything to do with you. You just can't act yeah, that you, way anymore. That's not a great model for leadership. No, no but I mean, that's, really the way, not. that's the way it was because they were setting that hierarchy, you know? Yeah. Still, a lot of times you only see the top brass when something's wrong. Yeah. 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 You know, I think that's still nationwide and that needs to change. Yeah, 100%. How hard is it to come out of your office and sit and talk to the people in the field for 10 minutes? Hey, well, I'm your commanding officer. I'm your deputy. I'm your fire chief. I'm your police chief. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I think it's it's such an important thing to do, too, because whenever you get into those positions, right, you're the, you're the director, you're the police chief, you're the shift commander, whatever, you're no longer out on the street, you're in an administrative role and you are far removed from what your people are doing every day. It is very, very easy. And I would say very, very common to forget what goes on, the stressors, the things that they're dealing with, the things that they're seeing every day. And you're up there making decisions that are negatively impacting because it looks good on paper, but in reality, that's not what needs to happen. Yeah. And just by simply like Chris said, getting out of your office and checking in with your people, you don't make those mistakes or you're less likely to make them. 
Yeah, yeah, when you're not far from moving. And, and I'm sure yeah. that's a difficult position to be in, especially a city as large as the one that you guys work for. It's just yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot of politics involved too, you yeah. know, and a lot of pressures. And it's like, hey, if you want to keep this job. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, and that's something I, in, you know, Cotton Candy Rainbow Land that I would change if I was king for the day, would take the politics out of it. Yeah. Because in reality, the, the fire department, the police department shouldn't be political. Yeah, well, At they're all. political weapons. Yeah. Is what they are. I mean, we are we're a public service. We are here for the taxpayers. We're here to save lives. And whenever you start bringing politics into that, for whatever reason, you are already fucking up. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's if it's necessarily the the chiefs bringing that in, or it's the I think elected it's, officials, I think elected are, officials, and the pressure because the they know yeah. they can use those two departments as a pawn. Yeah, yeah. I'd one hundred percent agree with that. I don't I have mean, a, you see it all the time. You just don't know you see it. Yeah. Or, you know, you weaponize government agencies. Yeah, and I think, some, I mean, to some degree, like, you know, management and people that have been around a while recognize, hey, there's certain things that are going to happen, Yeah, you know, because of the changing of the winds. Um, but being able to try to minimize that impact on your people as much as you can, and at least keeping them in mind when you have to make a shift. Yeah. Uh, and then... I think if you build those connections, like Chris, you were talking about with with your people, you'll have a little bit of leeway and have a little bit more in your credibility bucket. Whereas right. if you're just a shut in, and I think transparency yeah. goes a long way too. Yeah, you create a new policy. Okay, why? So I explain it to them. Okay, this is what happened. This is why this got created. This is where it's going. This is where it's coming from. Sometimes you, we don't have a choice. Yeah, even as an administrator, it's not always up to you. Right. Yeah. So now you guys know what I know, and this is why. You don't have to like a policy to enforce it. I mean, that's, that's the policy of the department you work for. It is what it is. But explain the why. Just be open, be honest. So what? let me throw this to you. What do you think the senior firefighters or cops or not the stripes or bars couldn't do to help or do they have any interest in helping with that retention, recruitment? Because I, I see a lot of effort from the top, and maybe it's misplaced, maybe it's not. It's rare that you see hmm. kind of those senior guys recruiting, retaining. So, I don't know. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. Well, I mean, my opinion, don't treat them like we were treated. It's not the sit down, shut up sub. It's you have to take an interest in them. You have to train them. You have to bring them along. And you can't do it the way that it was done to us. You know, yeah. just just follow me and do what I do. You know, you, there's more that goes into teaching and training the new crop of people that are coming in. I mean, the, that, I mean that's what it boils down to. Is It, it kind of goes back to that whole... When people say respect is earned, not given. So I think that, which are, I, I think there's truth behind it, but the default is to treat somebody with respect. And that's where you start. So that new person comes in, yeah, they're going to have to clean the bathrooms, clean the station, check out all the rigs multiple times. They're going to get quizzed on where stuff is. But then we're going to, we're going to, you got to go out and teach them and do it, do that kind of stuff with them. You no, know, yeah, they go over the rig the first time by themselves. That's fine. Then you do it with them. Then you do it again after lunch. 
<clears throat> talk about the tools and, like you're saying, engage with them. Have, so don't have a conversation and don't talk down to them because they don't know what you know. Of course they don't know what you know. They're brand fucking new. I remember what I, I remember what I knew when I first came on. I knew my name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was a fire truck. <laughs> yeah, that's, about, that's about it. That's about the extent of your knowledge because what you learn in the academy is enough to pass a test. And then you go get your on-the-job training and then you start tra- your real training yeah. on what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, so, and I think it's beholden to the older generation, those senior firefighters, senior police officers, to take that initiative <clears throat> and take people, take the younger class under your wing. Teach yeah. them, train them. Because do you guys see much of that, though? Or do you see... So I see some of it. I see some that go the other way. Yeah. Um, it just kind of, it varies widely from station to station and shift to shift. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, you, I, get, you get what you put in. Yeah, there's there's that's, not that's what a, it comes down to. My personal opinion, there's not enough of it going on. Um, I'll say this for anybody that might be in that senior firefighter or police officer position: the the hardest ass chewings that I ever received um, came that I took the hardest came from people that didn't outrank me but had more years on. Like, if you get your butt chewed by the captain or the sergeant, you can go tell your buddy, like, oh, yeah, he's just being a jerk. But when you get your butt chewed by that senior cop, you're like, oh, I, I messed up. Like, because I have to work with that dude daily, and he's keeping me in line. And, like, I, yeah. that always meant more to me, and I took it harder than any time I ever got talked to by the captain or sergeant. Yeah. Well, and this is a point that I made not too long ago was, you know, these new cadets, new recruits, they have to have their on-the-job training. Somebody has to do it. Why wouldn't you want to be the person that trains these people? Because you're going to be the one working with them day in and day out. Yeah. You're responsible for their life. They're responsible for your life. Don't you want them to be as good as they can be? And I got a blank look back. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of effort too, though. You know, but they, like you said, they got a pretty vested interest in yeah but I think that goes back it goes back to having a standard too yeah like maybe a, a book that has standards in it of what you need to meet by the three month mark you should be able to do this six month you should be able to do this you guys don't have that so on and so on no. a lot of most fire departments don't no there's and that should be for every rank there's several that do most don't um yeah, we're we're very behind the times, I think, in the fire service, and it because it varies so widely between departments. You know, there's departments where all you got to do is show up, and eventually you're going to get promoted yeah. because it's seniority based. It doesn't matter where you've worked, what you've done, what classes you've taken, nothing. It's just oh, you've got 15 years on. We have a vacancy. You are now the driver, or you are now the captain, or whatever. Oh wow. And, but then there's other departments where it's super competitive and you need all of these certifications and, you know, plus the time component to be able to, to test for promotions. Yeah. So I, some departments, I think probably just same as any, like most companies, some do it better than others. They develop their people, develop those leaders and they want to have the, and are able to, they figured out a formula to have the best people in the best positions and develop them 
to where they're going to succeed wherever they go. And some don't. So what advice would you give? Well, both of you really being captain, your driver, right? Captain. Are you captain now too? Yeah. That's right. You get promoted. Yep. Okay. Well then put your driver hat back right. on. Right as I came back to work, I got promoted. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. It wasn't planned or anything. <laughs> <laughs> what, what advice would you guys give to somebody that's newly promoted? Maybe this is their first supervision job. Cause I know we've all seen the, the guy that one day was bad mouthing and doing whatever and cutting corners. And the next day, all of a sudden he's oh, by yeah. the book, Billy and <laughs> browbeating you. And all of a sudden his boots are shining. You're like, what? Don't forget where you came from. Understand why your role was changing and then what, in what capacity. Yeah. Cause yeah, as a firefighter or as a, you know, rookie police officer, you're going to make mistakes. But now when you're, have some time on even a senior firefighter or in that driver or captain position or if you're a sergeant however your rank structure is you have a whole new set of responsibilities and those little mistakes aren't going to fly anymore so yeah you're, you're you do change because your responsibilities change and you are responsible for this crew whatever crew you're on that includes their development you know do you want to show up and have that crew that everybody's like oh <laughs> no, nobody wants to be that yeah. person. And I don't care if that's police, EMS, fire, yeah. corporate world. doesn't matter. It's, you are now responsible for making sure that they're prepared. Yeah. I got put into kind of an interesting predicament when I first got promoted. They put me in charge of day shift as a sergeant. And all the guys on that shift had a lot more years on than me. Some of them I had worked for when they were sergeant, but had since taken demotions. <laughs> Some of them were my field training officers, and others had been my my corporal. Um, so that was, and that was the first like, you're sergeant. Here you go. Here's your crew, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, that- I'd built up enough credibility in working with those guys in the past, um, and then I just. I sat down and just had a conversation with each of them and just try to be as humble as possible and try to keep that in mind. It's like, all right, these guys taught you yeah. and supervised you some well, some not so much. Now, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, definitely like, got to find out who on your crew can do what. Yeah. And what they're good yeah, at. What, and use that balance? to, you know, yeah. and, I, and I don't mean it the way I say it, but use it to your advantage. Yeah. If you're, if you're the company officer or the sergeant in the field or whatever your role is, if you know Jeremy's good at forcible entry, well, who are you going to have to go do forcible entry? Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't train the rest of them, but maybe have Jeremy teach the class. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe the, don't have the guy that's terrible at administrative tasks to do the inventory. <laughs> yeah. And also, you need to remember, you're not any smarter today than you were yesterday. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you got the stuff on your yeah. uniform now. Yeah. So, and I think a, a long, it'll go, it will go a long way. If, you know, somebody does ask you a question or say, hey, what do we do here? I don't know, but I'm going to find the answer. Yeah. Because that's your job is to figure that stuff out. Yeah. You know, you I get, don't hear that enough. I don't no. know. I get put on the yeah. truck and that's the first thing we talk about. I was like, don't forget, I'm not a truck guy. I'm a pumper guy. I've been a pumper my whole career. I can do truck work. I understand it. It just takes me longer because I'm not as good at it. What's the difference between a trunk and a truck and a pumper? Water and no water. Okay. So the easiest way to put it, (laughs) the truck's responsibilities vary. Uh, It's they're responsible for a majority of the searching, which everybody should be, should be searching. Even if you're on the pumper and you have the hand line, you're going into the pumper's job is to go put the fire out. 
Mm. Right. That's their main job. Yeah. For the truck, it is to search, help the pumper find the fire to if ceilings or walls or anything need to be pulled so they can get to the source so the pumper can put it out and also to ventilate. That's on a fire scene. That's their responsibilities. So now, there's no water on the truck? Well, so most of our trucks do carry water if okay. need be, but when we're at a fire, unless they're first in by a long shot, we don't use water from the did truck. That, did that a couple of weeks ago. It was awesome. It was glorious for 20 seconds until we ran out of water. <laughs> <laughs> were you guys at the pallet fire? Uh, we were on our way back from a, uh, I was working overtime as a firefighter on a truck, and we were on our way back from the mulch fire before the pallet fire. Okay. And... Uh, we just happened to drive up on a house fire. And so we called it in. Uh, and proactive firefighting, man. Yeah. That's pretty rare. It's, it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah. So we pull up and there we can't even hear sirens. Like there's nobody else. <laughs> everybody's, you know, leaving the station, you know. And I looked at the captain. He looked at me and he goes, pull a line. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's not a hydrant in sight. Like oh, we're no. just, all right, we're going to just try to get as much of a knock on it as we can. And then probably 15 seconds after we ran out of water, a pumper showed up and they had a hydrant and went and did the rest of the work. And then we went back to doing truck work. But yeah, like I said, it was glorious for 20 seconds or so. (laughs) I learned something today. The smaller departments I've all worked for, they just said, you got a fire truck and there's water on it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't realize they were, once you get into a larger agency, there are different sets of responsibility. Yeah. Well, and you'll see, like... That's, that's part of that organized chaos that we have. Yeah. And you need... Honestly, you need that in... I mean, you need it in every fire department, I would say. But in larger municipalities, it's even more evident because you need those aerial ladders on the truck. Yeah. You need to be able to, one, use them for rescues, use them for fly pipes, use them for... Whatever else you for a standpipe if need be. Yeah. Done that before. So or trained on it anyway. Yeah. So you need that division of labor. And then I mean you go even further down the road of talking about what the rescues do and you know, how much they vary. I'm sure and, they probably do have some sort of like ironed out things. I'm just an idiot outside blocking traffic, <laughs> making sure nobody runs over the hoses. Uh, yeah, yeah, just don't block fire trucks or park in front of the damn house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I actually learned a solid lesson from a senior firefighter. <laughs> it took me one time to learn that. I got chewed out from the driver. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to get to the house because what am I going to do? Yeah. Stand there and watch it. Yeah. yeah. R- remind me and after we turn this off, I'll tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, division of labor. Like not all police officers do traffic you know some of them do other stuff and you need all of that yeah you know so what else man we kind of went the leadership route a little bit today yeah didn't know we were gonna go yeah it's it happens yeah i'm trying to think of uh, a topic that i wanted to discuss the firefighters trying to dig deep dig deep yeah like what? Where's the best place to get a donut? Or yeah, power rings. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the submarine, the submersible? Yes, let's talk about that. <laughs> Do we want to talk about that? I mean, because I'm torn. Like it's, I feel seen, awful for those people and their families I, and stuff. I feel so bad for families. The day after it happened, I was seeing stuff on Instagram on reels of people yeah. making fun of it and. 
I don't know. I, I'm not going to make fun of them, but it's stupid rich people shit. It really it is. It really is. Yeah. Oh, so I did see one where a guy broke down what the $250,000 was like. So for some people with their net worth, for somebody who <clears throat> makes forty grand a year, it's like spending ten bucks. That pissed me off. <laughs> it's like, motherfucker, yeah. yeah, I'm poor as shit. Yeah, it is stupid rich people stuff, but it's also, and I would never do this, and I would never get up with on one of these crazy rockets and orbit the Earth or whatever they're doing either. But yeah. that's pretty cool stuff. Like, I mean, that takes some. Yeah, I mean, would it be awesome to go down in a in a submersible and I'm claustrophobic, see, so no, but what well, they're doing is cool. Yeah, to see the the wreck of the Titanic, or would it be cool to go to outer space? Yeah. Absolutely, it would be awesome. But at the same time, mm. yeah. like, and especially with the submersible thing, that it was known that there were problems with that thing. Yeah, I mean, whenever you're controlling the submersible with a PlayStation controller, no, 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 it was a knockoff PlayStation. What an actual PlayStation! That's worse. <laughs> Something yeah. you can go buy at Walmart yeah. for fifteen bucks. Yeah, I'm just trying to save face here in case PlayStation <laughs> wants to sponsor you for new oh equipment well, or chairs. Or I mean, I I am a PlayStation guy. I me too. Yeah, I love place PlayStation. Now, now the, the PlayStation controller itself is not great. sponsored <laughs> yet. <laughs> so the the controller itself that comes from PlayStation is awesome. Yeah. The knockoff ones Holy that you can get on Amazon or GameStop or Walmart, wherever. Fucking shit. Yeah. Hit the yeah. button, and there's like a two-second delay. Yeah. That so, me but off. anyway. Fucking think they hit X instead of Y. <laughs> Is that what happened? <laughs> well, and I also read, I read it today that um, part of the submersible was made out of carbon fiber. Which is yeah. fucking stupid. Like, they were told, don't do that. Yeah. Like, I... Are you familiar with uh, Expedition Unknown with nope. Josh Gates? Nope. So he's a... Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on the History Channel or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's like a... The archaeologist, archaeologist guy. Archaeologist yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Beard, redhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The real Indiana Jones? Yes. <laughs> he was supposed to go down in that sub... Oh, I did read last that. Last year, two years ago, something like that. Made and a good decision. he said, this is not safe. And the stuff that I've seen him do... Yeah. Is like, he said, it. okay, that's good enough for yeah. me. Yeah, but I'm not saying it was a great idea. I just feel terrible for the families, and I think it's, I think it's a little ridiculous that everybody's piling on. I mean, well, because regardless if they were rich people or not, that here's the thing though, what does that say about society? Whenever it's not even 24 hours later, yeah, and it's just meme after meme after meme, yeah, like what's well, that internet troll thing? Yeah, but I mean, people aren't even disguising who they are. They're not even trolls. It's it's yeah. Jake from two doors down, you know, yeah. bash him. And, well, that's kind of what know. the culture we built with social media, and I think people yeah. forget that that's going to be held against you at some point. Yeah. Like, you go apply for a job, and they look. And just because you have your account private or blocked doesn't mean it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's I mean, that's that, not a I, real thing. I, I, I'll <laughs> go back to what you said about the, the cultural thing and how we built that. It's just, it's it's terrible that society today would pile onto something yeah. like that but they do it every day well i, th- I think and, and so... next week it'll be something else that we're oh yeah yeah it, and it, it, I think also it shows where how, how desensitized society's become to stuff yeah yeah because five people it was five people right yeah it was yeah it sounds right yeah five people lost their life mm-hmm. i mean doing something cool but stupid yeah you know but and then that's the reaction not 
oh shit, their family's suffering. I mean, yeah. like this is a horrible, horrible thing. Now you're just gonna fucking make memes about yeah, and giving the guy's stepson who was at like a concert or something like that a bunch of crap for being at a concert. Bef- when the, I don't know, he he'd gone to a concert or something in California, like when the stepdad was missing, and it's like an adult guy whose stepdad's missing. Yeah, but he can't leave his house. Like I don't understand. Yeah, just anything anything they can find to. Well, and here's my problem with a lot of or the whole situation: the U.S. Navy. And it came out a couple days later. Apparently, they heard the sounds of the implosion, like when it happened, like on Sunday. Hmm. And then they searched for four days, and they're saying, oh, well, they're running out of air. They already knew they were all dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, can you be certain that that's what it was? I mean, with their technology, and I mean, I would assume those people know what an implosion sounds like on... Their sonar stuff. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah. So, I mean, I would hope they would. <laughs> I mean, it's their job, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. To hear something <laughs> that deep, that I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's always oh, a chance. I think there's more questions than answers still right yeah. now. Yeah. Anyway, we don't just, have to talk about that anymore if you don't want. <laughs> but I just, just thought I'd get it out there. I feel like I'm glad that you guys share the same sentiment. I mean, I it's like so, so somebody's. Just, at least yeah. it wasn't. At least it was quick. Like, they didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, uh-oh, we got a crack or a leak. It was just, <laughs> oh, it's a cool boat. Yeah, running out and of air would have been way worse, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's your What's your next topic, Rob? There's something that's... You got like uh, 10 minutes, Rob. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> want to get into it, but I, they just Supreme Court just came out with a big decision. I don't know if you guys heard or not. Uh, I don't remember what it was about. The college admissions and affirmative action stuff oh yeah i don't i don't i don't really have a good feeling i don't i have mixed feelings about that as well so we yeah. don't have to talk about that it's kind of a hot topic it is a hot topic i don't even know what it is i have to look at it uh they it's, basically got rid of affirmative action right for college admissions yeah so being one of the factors whether you're getting accepted at college or not being race mm-hmm. so. no it needs to be i mean i'm a i'm a fan of merit yeah. One, t- I think, take the race thing off the application because who cares? If you did the work and you got the grades, okay. I mean, have your set standards. This is what you have to meet to get in. And then, you're, of course, they're going to – so if you if your minimum is a 4.0 or if that's what your grade point average is, <clears throat> and they want you to have a 2.5 and you've done all that extra work because we all know there's places where you get higher than a 4.0 and all your extracurriculars and all yeah. that. Yeah, you're going to get accepted. Race should have nothing to do with it. I think the... Put the work in. I think the... And, and I'm not arguing either way. I'm just offering another set of circumstance or opinion here is that um, the thought behind it is not everybody's starting on a level playing field necessarily. And we've all been to different parts of the city to where, man, to get a B for one kid is super easy because, you know, mom picks him up from school every day, makes him a snack, sits down, helps him with the homework. And then the other kid is walking home, you know, dodging all sorts of craziness, gets home to a broken place where everybody's, you know, raging in the house and they have to sneak off in order to try to finish their homework. So to get a B is extremely difficult. They're not eating right. They're not sleeping right. So um, I'm not saying I'm pro affirmative action or not. I'm just saying if we had a level playing field to where uh, everybody 
had the exact same thing. And I'm not suggesting we go into some socialist society or whatever, but <laughs> your point would be absolutely agree with you. But that the argument, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking on a level playing field. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I agree. I think merit should, especially when we're talking. So, so the question is, how do you make it fair for everybody? Yeah. That's that's the question. And I that, don't think you and that's can. Where the, where, yeah. where it becomes hard, and why you had the need, or you, where you kind of still have a need for affirmative action yeah. in a way. I think somehow being able to take into account circumstances and being able to overcome and grit. I don't know how you measure that or how you do that on a college admission, but I went to not a awesome four year degree program, and I'm I turned out okay, yeah. kind of. Well, I <laughs> I can write cursive. Here's <laughs> I got so there, that. So there are a lot of colleges that you don't have to go to the the, the big college, the big state college, yeah. or you know, or the big universities that you see all the to time. Be successful. Yeah. yeah. Well, and There's, that's what I was going to say is I think a college degree is vastly, vastly overrated. I know a ton of people personally who have college degrees, master's degrees, and can't get a job in that field. Yeah. And they've got a hundred plus thousand dollars worth of debt. Yeah. And they're doing whatever to make ends meet because they can't get a job in that field. Right. Because the degree doesn't mean anything to the employer. I do think high schools need to uh, not only push college, but push trade school yeah. to people. Because not everybody's built for school. Let's be honest. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think a trade school would be a great thing for a lot of people because we have a lot of jobs that are open there that need to be done. And they make really good money. They make great money. Good. And you have no college debt <laughs> yeah. when you come out. Yeah. And they'll I mean, pay you to go to those yeah. trade schools and then teach you. Yeah. Well, then college shouldn't be as expensive as it is, as yeah. it is right now. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's the government's fault. Like, oh, yeah, we'll back all the student loans. We'll just charge what you want. Yeah. So what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of money as a university. That's bullshit. Yeah. I think the – yeah, that's that's a that's a bigger issue. Hopefully the that this court decision will evolve into something that maybe is even better for society. That's my hope. I don't know, especially if it's got to come out of current <laughs> climate. But I definitely want it to be fair yeah. for everybody. I want everybody yeah. to have a fair shake. I, if you want to go to college, I want you to go to college. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care where you grew up. I don't care what your experiences were. I want you to go. I think we're going to see we're going to see a shift in our culture. And whether it's better or worse, I don't know, but the direction that we've been heading for the past few years is not sustainable. No. And it's going to shift. So, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully it'll go in a good direction and you know, we can get the middle class back and I definitely think it takes working together. Yeah. All, it doesn't matter what part of society you live in. We all live and work together. The only way it's going to work is together. You can't have one side or the other shouting for, I want this, I want that. Okay, but how are we going to do it? Super yeah. polarized right now. And it's, yeah. I'm about tired of it. Yeah. From both sides. Yeah. But, you we, but both. when you sit around and talk, you know, with with people... It's really not that bad. Yeah. You, you, what you see is what the media wants you to see to make you think what they want you to think. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's more people in the middle. They just don't speak up or they don't have the platform to speak up. Yeah. And the right and the left don't want them to speak up. 
but that's but that's what I'm saying is I think there's going to be a shift. So, all right, closing thoughts about what? <laughs> Rob. Uh, okay, here we go. This, this is going to be pretty epic. I'm going to plagiarize somebody. Okay. Uh, you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. Who'd you plagiarize? I don't know. <laughs> it's somebody that's famous, and I can't think of the name of the poet. Oh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's a great saying. Yeah, you can and literally learn to surf, or you can just figure out how to overcome, too. Yeah. <laughs> that works. All right. <laughs> I think it's just be nice to each other. Hey, I like go back, that. Go back to the respect thing. Yeah, there you go. You mean you can have a differing opinion and still respect one Absolutely. Another? All right. If you work together, anything's possible. Okay, keep going. <laughs> You're going to get to the Rocky speech here in a little here no, in a minute. I'm going to let you no, get there. No Rocky, no Rocky speech. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, that's, that's what it comes down to is nothing. There's no, there's no mountain you can't climb as a society if you work together. If you keep fighting with each other, you're going to crumble. Well, Rome wasn't built in a day. It also didn't fall in a day. You know, we could apply that to fire departments and police departments. Mm-hmm. We're all in it together. We all have a part to play, and and that's in the solutions and the problems. So if you want to be part of the solution, be part of the solution. If you want to be part of the problem, thanks for playing. Bye. Yeah. And there's a lot of online colleges that you don't have to pay a lot of money for. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Go to trade school. Be an electrician. And, or go to a trade school. Yeah. Col- the college degree is not the end-all, be-all in life. No. I don't have one. And I'm just fine. Yeah, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. If uh, you know somebody that's struggling, reach out. Let them know you care. Uh, let them know what the resources are. If you are struggling, there are resources out there. That this guy's got one. Theswell.org, right? Yes, sir. All right. Um, and they're on Instagram too and post a lot of cool content. So, um, yeah, thanks for stopping by and we'll see you next time.